Alrighty, guys. Uh, guess who I have on the other line or on the side here uh, interviewing him is Mr. Justin Dugan. Now, a lot of you guys know Justin Dugan. He is the American muscle guy. He's the guy that does a lot of the install videos. Lately, he's been, he's been on the 24 Mustang stuff, showing you ins and outs as much as he can until we can get some tuning done for it. But I wanted to get him on just to, I don't know, I, I think you guys we're really going to see a, a different side of Justin Dugan because I've known him on a personal level. And I think you guys should, you know, see that, that side of him. So Justin Dugan, thank you for joining us. Hey, Alex, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, good to talk to you again. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm, I'm obviously, I think you've picked up on it, a fan of what you do. I've kind of dropped some of your uh, isms <laughs> in some of my videos, uh, you know, just to pay homage to what you do. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm happy to be here. So thanks again. Awesome. Let's get started from the beginning. Um, how did you get into not just, let's say, the car game? I'm sure you 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 were influenced by either a parent or, or someone like that. But then to parlay that into a very visual position at a pretty good sized company, American Muscle. Tell me the how'd you get into cars, and then ultimately how you got into the company, uh, American Muscle. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think my story is probably not unlike a lot of other guys that are into cars, you know, grew up in the 80s, dating myself here a bit, but like the Night Riders, the Dukes of Hazzards, uh, <laughs> all that shit, you know, like uh, I I loved anything that was cars um, growing up. So I had all the micro machines, all the Hot Wheels, the slot cars, um, and then just kind of like grew just still loving it over the years. And then my mom and my dad got separated when I was pretty young. My stepdad was a massive car guy and uh, he always worked for dealers. So, you know, he kind of like nurtured that thing a little bit in a way that um, he'd bring home back in the day. It was like the Trans Ams. He worked for Pontiac and Buick and he'd bring home like an LT1 Trans Am. Oh my and we'd God. Go and like rip out in it. And like, oh. <laughs> and then funny story is like when I actually went to prom, I, he always like this was around the LS, uh, I'm sorry, WS6 stuff. Mm -hmm. And that, to this day, I still love those cars, even though they're huge. So 96 to 98 era? Somewhere exactly. Yeah, I graduated high school in 99. So, okay. um, yeah, he let me, he actually had a demo, uh, like a an LS1, you know, WS6 or whatever. Oh. So he let me take it to pick my girlfriend up for prom. And he's like, yeah, just don't crash it. But um, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track. Long story short. I'm we like off track. Off track here. <laughs> we appreciate off track. We like yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I hear you, man. Well, so like that's, I guess, just any kid growing up watching cartoons, car shows, stepdad was into it. Um, so I guess when I started driving then, he, he I was an only child. So he dicked around and did a bunch of car stuff and stuff he shouldn't have done when he was a kid. So he knew like going into it. So when I first wanted to get a car, I wanted a Mustang. And matter of fact, there was an 86 uh, hatch down the street, 4i, really nice. It was like a 308, had like drag lights on it. And I remember to this day going down and looking at it with him. And he said, absolutely fucking not. Like I would <laughs> kill myself in that thing. And he was probably right. Um, so we did not get the Mustang. We went polar opposite and I actually ended up getting this. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to get flamed for this, but one of whatever. Um, I got a Volkswagen bus, like an old school like bus that was ratty as hell. We restored it. Um, I love the thing. Like, you know, those we, things we are cool. Like, I, I, so. I appreciate, like, you're not going to get nobody in this audience is going to rag on you because that's one of those 
cool things that what at the time was super gay and it sucked but then all of a sudden now you're a grown-ass man you're like that was a cool little you know little engine in the back easy people lust after them when they're restored so you got a vw bus as a first car yeah man i wish i had some (laughs) pictures i should have came prepared but yeah we totally restored it um we bought it for a thousand bucks restored it and it was it was clean you know like um it was a little four-speed thing with the big ass shifter coming out of the ground so okay. anyway, my point was like, all right, I'm going from like one, something wanting something that was fast and a you know a, a 308 powered hatch to like literally something that had like 40 horsepower. But in hindsight, that thing was probably more dangerous than the damn Mustang because there's literally <laughs> nothing up front. You know what I mean? It's a potato um, chip. If you get hit, it just crumbles. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> uh, but so that was anyway. That's like kind of how that started. And then I I sold that. I got a '57 Chevy that I kept for a year or two. Um, then that was kind of me entering college, and so. I didn't have a lot of money at the time. And the 57 Chevy was beat. Like it was primered, whatever. But it had a 350 in it with a four-speed Muncie. I loved it. It was like very American graffiti, like old school. Right. But I, I lived in the Northeast at the time. And going to college, a thing like literally had 411 gears, had a four-speed thing, did like <laughs> 60 on the highway, just screaming. And it, it like had, it was zero practicality. So my parents moved away. I stayed up in the North. So I was like, I can't have this. I sold that. And then I got a CRX and this was like 99, 2000. I'm like, well, how do I make this thing fast? So this is like at the time where people started swapping stuff. So I actually started getting into that. Um, and anyway, so I, that was cool. And then I, I went to college in Florida, uh, had a great time, then moved back up here in 2005. And I say here, like Philadelphia area okay. and uh, ended up linking up with an old buddy of mine who I used to mess around with car stuff. And back in the day in the late nineties, and he was looking for just like a wrench at a shop that he had started with a couple friends. So I ended up working with him. Uh, I got a job as a, like a TV guy in Philly out of school. And so, but it wasn't full time. So it was like, you know, you're watching Bernie Mac up next is whatever the <laughs> hell, you know what I mean? Uh, so I would do that like one or two days a week. And then I'd work at my buddy's shop and I'd also wait tables um, because none of this was really full time. Right. So I was turning wrenches, waiting tables, doing TV stuff. And that was, God, probably from like 06 to 2010, I would say. I was doing a little combination of the three. And then it just, nothing was really going anywhere. You know, I was just kind of like spinning my wheels and right. like, yeah, it was great. I met my future wife at the restaurant, which is awesome. And then I still have lifelong friends from the shop and gained a lot of cool knowledge from working there, but it just wasn't like, you know, career type shit, like nothing I could like really settle into. So I started like just putting applications out and like going on Craigslist every day, nothing happening. So I was about to, I don't want to say give up, but like, you know how you're just so frustrated that, Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. We're like nothing's popping off, and you're just like, well, shit. I, I guess this uh, world needs ditch diggers too, so I better start, you know, kind of manning up. But I'll never forget. Like one day, I saw something on Craigslist. It was like, can you be in front of the camera and do you know and like cars? And I'm like, oh my god, like I yeah. got like yeah. This was, this was like this was for me. So I never forget. I went there, um, uh, and it was the old studio, like that people have seen probably a thousand times. Uh, with the dyno and like the, you know, American muscle sign on the wall. I was like, holy shit, this is really cool. And so I went and read or like did a product review at the time for, I couldn't even tell you what, but, and then I just waited. And, you know, after the fact, I come to find out there was like, well, I don't know, you know, obviously like they thought I was good, but they're like, he's too pretty, you know, like we don't know, we don't know if we want some like pretty boy, like to talk car shit. Um, but they, they, I guess 
they just ignored that and they ended up saying yes. And, you know, the rest is history. So uh, it was kind of right place, right time, a little bit of luck and just, um, yeah, I guess, being myself, it, as, as dumb as that sounds. It's, it's interesting because you know this being in front of the camera takes a special kind of crazy, you know, you have to kind of like just shut off a lot of stuff around you and just get after it and, and ignore a lot of things. Did you have any previous training media training or did you go to school for any kind of media training yeah. that made you as a matter of fact i was a, i was a, a communications major oh, uh, as a matter of fact journalism major i was more into writing than like being on camera because outside of like you know contrary to what probably everybody believes i am not like a big extrovert i am like a very introverted person i know this job is like how is that possible i feel like you have to be kind of extroverted to be in this position but that's not who i am and um so anyway, I never really wanted to be in front of the camera. But like I said, when I, I got my degree in journalism down in Florida, I came up to Philly right after school and ended up finding out about the, the TV job, went and auditioned for that and got it. Um, so I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm going to try this on camera stuff. And that went on for a while in Philly. Uh, it was UPN, then it was CW. And it was it wasn't anything crazy, but it was enough to, to kind of like show me like, man, I could, I could probably do this, you know, and. Um, but then that just kind of fizzled out. And that's when in 2011, I found out about the turn five American muscle gig and, uh, dude, 2011, you know, the rest is history. I've been there ever since. And when I first started, uh, turn five was only like 40 people. And, you know, I'm sure we can get into this too, but now I think we're over like 500 something people. And it's a it's juggernaut. Like people don't understand. It is a absolute, forget the parts and the thing. It is a, it is a corporation. It is a big deal. So you got in, in, in on it on, would you say the ground level? Because obviously you were the first yeah. person that actually, there were a couple of people that were on camera before you that, you know, I, I just kind of saw, but then once you got on, that's when, in my opinion, I think it was like serendipity, right? You got on then 2011 coyote stuff just went straight up yeah. and you were like right there at the beginning of it. Then GT 500, all that stuff. Whereas Cobra and three valve were kind of lacking. So talk to me about how coyote really popped off and how it helped grow American muscle and the products and all the stuff that came down the pipe with coyote. And you were there to see all of it just bloom. Yeah, no, it was it was incredible. I mean, to be honest, like I'd always liked Mustangs, but um, I was never like a homer in any way, you know, like I've always, you know, like I said, I wanted one. I was 16. I always loved that stuff. Um, but like I definitely had to learn a lot on the job, too. You know, like I'd always wrenched. I'd always like known cars. But as far as, you know, the three valve stuff and getting into the Coyote stuff, it was kind of a new frontier. And I think admittedly for a lot of people, you know, cause the, the five liter, you know, back in 11 was like just a whole new thing. You know what I mean? So, um, but I will say like, even though that was huge for us, you know, and I'll, as, as much as I hate, it pains me to say it, like we never built our bread and butter on like the performance aspect side of things. And I, I think people acknowledge that, right? Like sure. I'm probably more likely to be selling you a damn, you know, window louver than like a blower or something, you know? And, and there's reasons behind that, of course, but uh, that's not to say the the success didn't coincide with the Coyote and some of the other stuff. I think it showed I, – I think the Coyote ushered in a whole lot of – a new generation of Mustang fans, and it, I just was in the right place, right time, and so was AM. Like, I think when it comes to product videos, nobody was really doing it back then like Nobody. Us. Not like that, no. Yeah, I mean, and and I, I got, you know, clowned a lot for it back then. And, you know, it's funny because those same people that clown me are now making videos of their own. You know what I mean? And it's funny Isn't how it, it kind of comes full circle. <laughs> yeah. 
so hey you know like i i i was never kind of like trying to get caught up in the drama of all that like i get it and uh so they i don't i'm all over the place but i will no, say no, you're hey, fine I'm, seriously you're you're perfect it's perfect they 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 saw a lot of openings i i will say when i was in video and 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 when i started in video in 2011 and to your point there was a guy named dave who when I came in to audition, Dave was doing, this was like stage one of our blackout car. It was like, a, it was literally the 2011 5.0 that we ended up putting a single Helion kit on, but he okay. did like the first one and two stages. And I remember watching him do like a clip or something like, man, there's no way I'm getting this job. This dude's way better than me. Um, but whatever, it ended up like things ended up happening and I'm here, whatever. Uh, but uh, so to your point, yeah, they had tried video. You know, Mike Wilson was tuning for Bama at the time. He had done a few videos. Uh, and I guess whatever, they, they still didn't think they had the dude. And I guess that's obviously what I became later on. But um, so it was interesting to step into something that, that uh, you know, had kind of already been formed, but not really, and kind of make my own identity. And, right. um, as, but as far as like how it, it, it grew, man, it was great. I could, it, dude, like doing pre-painted parts, exhaust clip videos, like stuff like that, that I think we look on YouTube and there's like a dime a dozen now, like, Back in 2011, 2012, that shit didn't exist. Nobody was doing it. It was like when you wanted when you wanted a Magnaflow sound clip with a catted car, you go stock and you do revs per RPM and then you do a takeoff video. And then I would see a Magnaflow or a Corsa or MBRP or whatever. Or actually, it was pipe bombs. Like when yeah, the pipe, when yeah. pipe bombs came out, that was like the first exhaust everyone got on their Mustang back in 2011. And I was like, they don't sound like shit. They don't sound terrible until you started doing free flow and exhaust and it just all went to shit. Oh, but yeah. that's when I started noticing that, okay, these guys are pushing product. In, in your opinion, what was there one, this is, man, I don't say product, but was there one product type that really brought AM to the next level when it comes to just sales? Because you guys went from like being a, a, a good size company to a, having UPS trailers outside, like crazy stuff. So how yeah. did, was there like a certain product line that made it just go crazy? Man, you know what? I, and I don't think I'm saying anything that people don't know here, like that are in business. But yes, we are a reseller. We sell, like you said, MBRP courses, BBKs. But I think what really made AM and Turn Five as a company kind of like hit that next gear, that next level, is when they started coming out with their own shit, right? Like so, the MMDs, the you know, Raxiums, and all that stuff. Like, you know, when you cut out the the middleman essentially, and you are basically you know, it's all margin at that point. Right. So, right. you know, when you're reselling someone else's stuff, there's only so much money to be made, but once you are making that product, the the margin, obviously, you know, doubles, triples, quadruples, whatever, you know? So I think once they really started realizing like, Hey, like reselling's fun and fine or whatever, but like we can be making a whole lot more money if we actually cut out the middleman or whatever, and just started making our own stuff. And, and that's, and I think that's honestly, where you started seeing these like these really big jumps and that happened with Mustang and then Jeep and then truck as all the different sites got added eventually. So uh, I do think, yeah, the pre-painted part stuff was huge at first because no one was offering like a spoiler right out of the box, ready to be put on. Right. Um, I think that was huge, but then a lot of the stick on shit that people love to hate and I get it. Like I don't have it on my car, so I, I, it's not my thing, but there's a lot of, there's like, there's, you know, my dad would always say there's an ass for every seat. And <laughs> I think there's always, 
there's always fans of that stuff. You know what I mean? And you see it at every car show. Uh, so the pre-painted, like the louvers, the scoops, all that stuff was, was really big for the company, but really just like, I think cutting out and, and not cutting out, but being their own vendor. And being the manufacturer and the supplier, yeah. just the margins go from 30% to 50, 60, whatever. Right. And exactly. it becomes it becomes a juggernaut of a business. So then I started noticing because at that time I was just a guy making fun of a lot of the stuff you guys were doing because and rightly you know, so we, was, we, we earned was, a lot of it. Right, right. And it was fun. And I was just like, ah, no one's gonna notice, right? But then I started noticing you and when I started working at BMP that you had a white S197, and I saw you drive and I go, oh, if that thing doesn't run tens, this motherfucker's non-driving, you know, you know what? <laughs> oh, and yeah. uh, and and you know what? It went tens, and I went okay, this guy knows some shit. Like he knows how to drive. He understands that if you can't make the car perform, like you got the racer. Like in my opinion, the people that like to race their cars, in my opinion, I saw that video and I go, this guy knows what he's talking about. Did that make um, maybe let's say management or whoever say, hey, there's something here. Let's let's get you maybe writing your own script. What do you think about these parts? You try them on your personal vehicles. Like what what was the evolution of the performance aspect of your uh, job there? No, I think that's a great thing to bring up, man, because like from day one, I've always written everything I've done. Like there's nothing really been prepared for me, but that doesn't mean the style and the direction hasn't changed a hundred times from 2011 to now. I will say in that first probably two to three years, if not longer, um, A, there was a big time disconnect between what I wanted to do and what I think we were doing. And I think that's why there was a lot of entrances for you know someone like yourself to poke fun because <laughs> it was like a marketing guy doing what they thought was cool to make a video, right? And I hadn't earned a place at the, at the table yet to say like, I don't think that's what we should be doing, you know, and here's why. I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever, man. I'll go along with it because I love this job. I, I think there's something here, and I don't want to, like, rock the boat. Right. So the first couple years, there was a lot of, you know, stuff that might have been a little cringy and, and, and gained us attention maybe in the wrong way. And, and I fully admit that, and we'll still admit that. Uh, but later on, I think as it progressed, yeah, they started maybe trusting me more with decisions. Uh, but even with, to your point about driving, like, the, pl the project blackout, that black 2011 five liter with the turbo, like I wasn't able to drive that. I wasn't able to drive a lot of our, our project cars at the track because of insurance reasons. Gotcha. But then once we started figuring, because we started growing as a company, there was like all this red tape. And once they figured out like how to get separate policies for certain things like racing, then I think I started being able to like, all right, get behind the wheel and show. Cause to your point, I do, I grew up like dicking off, like, going to street races in Philly, like racing my own pieces of shit, like at Cecil <laughs> County. And right. like, I, that's what I was like, I, I, I've always been that guy, but like, I couldn't really do it with the company, which was a pain point for me. And it always sucked watching from the sidelines when it's like, I could do better than this fucking guy. You know what I mean? Right, but, right, like, right. I, I couldn't do it. You know, I was like, for whatever reasons, legality, I, I just couldn't until I would say, Man, probably like 2015, 2016, they finally be like, all right, well, do you feel comfortable doing this? I'm like, yeah, man, I've been, <laughs> yeah, like, for years fuck? I want to do this, you know? <laughs> so anyway, to your point, yeah, I think like the, the race between Steph and I, that was later on when we, when we were actually able to start driving and stuff. But um, yeah, I think, what, how am I trying to say this? There, there had been a bit of a, 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 a hierarchy with, how video was produced, shot, decided upon, whatever. And there still is, but I think at least when it comes to content, I have more of a say 
now and more of a hand than I did back in 2012, 2013, when it was like somebody else in the company's thinking like, hey, I think some of our vendor partners would really like if we did this. So we're going to shoot it like that. And you're going to use these parts. And, right. and and to me, like as a car guy, I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong with these parts. Probably not stuff I would have chosen, you know, but I was kind of a yes man still, you know, am because I'm a company man. I want to do a good job. I, I I really believe in the company I work for. And, you know, we've had some missteps along the way. But as a whole, I think I think as time gone has gone on and I've been able to have more of a say in what we do and don't do, I think things have maybe become a little bit better for us um, uh, from not a believability, I think, it, but maybe just like a realistic standpoint. Yeah, right like, like now what I'm starting to see that I appreciate is it seems like from an outsider perspective, you film, you edit, and you write the whole thing. And, and you're doing, in my opinion, real world, real world content. You're basically taking a draggy and you're saying, what can this thing go zero to 60? You're filming it. You're, you're doing everything on your own. So it went from what it seemed or perceived to be a uh, something written for you and maybe a, I don't want to say disingenuous uh, approach. I'll just say it wasn't more of a, of a racers or performance aspect approach to now being, Hey, you guys do draggy stuff. Look at what this car draggies. Look at what the 60 foot is. Look at what a drag radial does. And that's when someone like me started paying attention. And obviously you saw that I wasn't making fun of you guys anymore. Cause I'm like, they're actually putting out pretty good content. And after seeing you race your S197, I said, okay, this is legit. Now, vehicles like you do you have like a fleet of vehicles now do you have like a truck an s19 like what, what do you got going on over i there? i unfortunately sold the s197 to a guy in ohio uh i miss it a lot but uh, i ended up putting that money towards something for my family to enjoy and so i ended up selling that and, and reinvesting that in in the house and and you know we can go down that road but i do miss <laughs> it uh but no i, I have a 19 currently with a yeah, 10r80 whipple car just pump gas, but you know, it's fast enough for me. You know what I mean? Like 1070, 1060 car or something like that, right? It like went 10 twenties. Yeah. It oh, went 10 twenties. And then it broke the front bumper, you know, uh, cause it, you know, those things just kill bumpers. I think the Cervini's whatever I, I could go down that, uh, but <laughs> I can edit that out. Don't worry. I don't have that damn bracket on it. You know what I mean? And everybody's like, run the bracket. And oh, I got one of the early, I think I got one of the early lip kits for that thing or the grill kits. And okay. The front bumper folded over after one run, and that was that. So, I mean, but it went 10 20, you know, for, right off the trailer, whatever. I mean, it's not like it's anything. Like, right, no, like 10 20 on, oh, on pump gas on a 3,800 pound car. It's 38. Flying. Yeah. It was a 4050 with me in it. Oh, dude. Um, that's fast. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. That's for a pump gas car. Like, did you have like, does it have like a 38 upper uh, and then a stock lower? Yeah, it was a 3875. Like I mean, it was literally like just a stage two bolt on kit with you guys tuning it. And, um, you know, wow. I. Oh, we tuned yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, it's really fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking to Junior about it. I was like, man, I really want this thing to go nines. He's like, man, unless you pull a lot of weight out of it or you have like just mine shaft air, it's probably not going to happen and i didn't do either like it was in july and the car was full weight and but it still like surprised the hell out of me when it went 10 20 i mean it it was it was i was surprised i i, I thought for sure like you said like 10 50 10 60 something like that but yeah 10 20 and then we just put it back on the trailer because it was kind of busted but uh, it was awesome and yeah to your point about the s197 you know i don't think people believed us when we said we didn't run those things like we didn't do go to test and tunes and try to figure out the launch tire pressure like the viking settings nothing like that we literally took them to the track literally 
that day. And that was the first time they'd ever been down a track. And, you know, I know, you know, at the time, Steph didn't have great luck with, with her setup. Uh, she ended up breaking, but I went, you know, 1060, uh, I was a 1070, 1060 back to back. It was like, was it was happy, like consistent. Man. And I was like, and then, you know what it made people do inadvertently is I understand that um, maybe American muscle was like, Hey, we want to push the uh, S550 stuff. But then this little S197 was just A to B, A to B. And people were like, I don't know. I kind of like the A to B setup. It just kind of does. And everyone on my end was like, what do you think about that video? And I'm like, it just proves that the S197 is a better drag setup at that capacity. Now, sure. if you're talking, if you're talking auto, stall, twin turbo. Oh, oh yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. not even close. But it was just nice to see you know, the underdog, just run the number and then you driving it to a consistent nature and the editing was good that you would look back at the time and you'd go, oh, look, it ran another number, it ran a similar number again. And people yeah. like me started going, okay, this is this is a legit deal. Now, when it comes to Gen 3 stuff, did you guys, because they did, they did a facelift basically, but obviously internally in terms of uh, transmission and power plant, vastly different. Did that affect anything in terms of operations because it was a nose actually it did have a different nose different bumper so maybe you guys were able to put out product for that but when gen 3 came around did you see a similar bump like when gen 2 came around or was it just like uh, gen 2 light for, for lack of a better word yeah i mean honestly i i don't think it was as big of a deal uh, you know i so to back up and just maybe big picture this am had become such a, a monster for turn five that eventually we started to hit like, a, I don't wanna say a plateau, but like we've hit kind of like a market saturation to the point where it's like, all right, we've captured a rather large chunk of the audience and like the customer base, but it's not like growing like truck is currently, right? So I don't wanna say we don't put a lot of effort into Mustang because we do, it's 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 the thing that we you know launched, it's, it's kind of our baby. But like when it, when a new vehicle comes around, there'll be a big content push to try to like get people excited about it. But we could be better, and I'll fully admit this, at getting the new stuff up quicker in regards to products. It's easy for me to take a GoPro or a Draggy out and just go shoot the car and whatever and, and go have fun with it. But it, I think where we could do a better job as a company is getting parts up on the site sooner. I, you know, Some of our competitors do a really good job at that. And there's certain things we work on, but I think when we get to be a certain size and we keep growing, it's hard to manage, you know, I think we have like 40 vehicles now that we cater to. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, between American Trucks, American Muscle, Extreme Terrain, now Ecklers, we bought the old, you know, we bought Ecklers, which is um, all basically pre-79 stuff, whether it's Model A, Model T, the Tri-5s. I mean, it's- You guys even whole... support that stuff? You even do old stuff like that? We haven't done video yet. like we're trying to just kind of, there's a lot of behind the scenes, boring stuff that from acquiring a company such as that, and then making our processes part of the routine, like it's a lot of boring stuff, but it's very, nece uh, very necessary for the business to be able to track stuff and forecast stuff. And, and so once we're done with that, there is, there's definitely talk of, you know, I've, I've already shot like an Eckler's video so to speak but it's not it's going to be more difficult because it's not like we're going to go buy like 55 chevy 56 <laughs> chevy you know what i mean like right. it'd be insane to try to like have all these old classic vehicles so we have some other things in mind that will will help for that um but uh it's going to definitely pose a new challenge but getting back to your original question you know it's hard because 
I think there's, uh, and even I, I think I've even said, I, I saw you say it about like the 24 Mustang and how we're trying to push the content and all that. And I think we do, but at the end of the day, like, man, pr product video is like what is most important to us. So as much as I'd like to, I would love to shoot product or content videos every day and have fun with, you know, whatever, drag racing, burnouts, dino stuff, whatever. But like, ultimately that doesn't, necessarily sell parts as much as like a product video and i know it seems contradictory but uh, you know if you if you if we're doing you know a little bit of content then that's you know videos we're not shooting that we could be selling products and so it's always been a give and a take okay so when the new stuff does come out yes there's a desire to like film it get people excited about it but it's hard to realize what the what the actual like consumer is buying or isn't buying and you know, their changes to our, you know, our design process and things like that. Um, Interesting. Like, give me an example, if you could, because I'm sure you have a finger on the pulse of what sells, because sure. I'm sure you go, hey, this video drove this many people to this site, blah, blah. You see the analytics in the background. Yeah. If you if you can, in, in general, give me uh, a, a, an example of what is the best selling product for Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3. Would it be Oof. wheels fly off the shelf? Would it be, you know, like, what is it that a lot of Gen 1 people buy? What is it that a lot of Gen 2 and 3 people buy? That's a good question, man. And honestly, you think I'd be privy to that info? I really <laughs> am not. Uh, like, I, I swear, like, I'm not bullshitting. I, a lot of times, I think, you know, people see me and, I, shit, I get it on Instagram all the time. It's like, hey, where's my order? I'm like, Dude, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like you're there taking, you're picking it from the warehouse. Oh, here right. it is, bro. Like, I got it. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that's an equivalent question, but like at the same time, the company is so big that like, dude, I, I don't want to say I punch a clock, you know, do my videos and go home, but it kind of is that. And, 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 in some regards, and like, there's people, you know, that determine what products we should shoot based on, you know, certain figures that we deem like, all right, well then okay. this thing has earned a product video. But that happens in somebody else's department, and I'm sure I could figure that out. I'd be curious. That's an interesting but... one because I wonder because, <clears throat> for example, let's say um, Gen 1 people mostly buy a header type or a wheel type or or a drop kit or, or a control arm. Yeah. That Like, I wonder if American Muscle was ever going to do, like, stage. I don't know if they already do it. They do, like, stage stuff where it's just, like, a stage 1, you know, suspension setup, stage 2, stage 3, if – Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3 seem to be on the same page in terms of like, hey, these people buy this. Why not give them a kit instead of, you know, sending it separately? And sure. I'm sure and I'm sure you can take something that has shit margin and someone that has great margin and make a product and go bada bing, bada boom. Here's your stage one, whatever it is. I've always wondered if there is analytics in the background that I'm sure you're not privy to right now where people go, hey, let's just make a new product. And we call it a stage package or, or something like that. I've always wondered if there's ever that oh, kind absolutely. of talk in the background. Yeah. I mean, for a while, dude, I can tell you a little insider baseball. Like I think this was years ago. I don't know if it still stands, but for a while, our, our most profitable product, uh, profitable product was literally a lip kit for like a 9904 Mustang. It was something. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, so to your like point, that piece of rubber on the bottom that extends yeah, it, like that Home Depot looking like garage <laughs> door thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say ours is like that, but literally it was a piece of plastic. Yours is top, would... top notch quality. <laughs> yes. No, of course. But no, honestly, man, like that was, I don't know if it was our best selling, most profitable or, or a combination of the two. But so getting back to your question, it's probably something like a house made product. So it's probably like an like an MMD chin spoiler or something for Gen 1s, you know what I mean? Or SR Springs, 
because um, we've dude we sold I, I don't know how many sets of those things but like it's probably something like that honestly that is a house brand part um probably not that exciting to be honest with you but something that is priced right and people want and uh i, I would venture a guess it's probably something like that okay cool or so now wheels, the said. yeah wheels I was, wheels should be like like the um like the similar AMR, what AMR, yeah, exactly. AMRs, yeah or like the gt500 stocks or whatever stuff Gotcha. So, so the car show stuff, like I remember seeing that American Muscle started big, doing big car shows. Around what year did you guys start doing the stuff like at Maple Grove specifically? Because I think you were doing them elsewhere and then you moved it over to Maple Grove. Yeah. So we had them when I first started in 2011, we were having them at a community college, Delaware County Community College. And it was a great venue. It was like stadium style parking lots. So it actually was really cool for the time, but we just outgrew it. So then I would say probably 2013, 14 is when we started to move to Maple Grove. And we've been there ever since. Um, matter of fact, when I first, this is a funny story. I don't know if people actually appreciate it or not, but when you were working for VMP, you were coming to the show. And um, I think this is when VMP was uh, kind of sponsoring the races. And, and yes. they're always like trying to like have somebody up to like co-MC or whatever during the races. And sometimes Starkey will do it. But I think this time around, um, I was talking to the owner, Steve, who was like, Hey man, we're looking to, uh, have, you know, VMP do the races this year. Do you think Starkey should do it? And I said, I, I honestly, I don't know how it like kind of happened, but it was like, I think Alex should do it. And he was just like, you're kidding me. Right. Cause he, his, and, and up until that point, like, I don't think he, he's not as tuned into YouTube as like you and I are, right. but like all he knew about you is that he pretty much that you ripped Talk shit all the time. a lot. Yeah. And, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I know it sounds crazy, but believe me, I think like once I get to know Alex and once he gets to know me, I think it, it'll honestly be like a good fit. And like he took a chance. You did it. You made a lot of comments about like snipers being in the bleachers <laughs> and ready to take you out. See, but I wish <laughs> I wish there was video of that whole thing. I never I had I never had more fun. We we had we laughed a lot. There's a lot of inside yeah. jokes we made. I said, "Are you guys? Doesn't the NDMF class come up? The stick shift class?" Yeah, the and, yeah, and, and then I said, "Are you guys ready to see? What did I say? Are you guys ready to see Miss Shifts or something stupid?" And of <laughs> sure course, enough. it happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, and it was fun. And I'm like, you know, I wish there was a recording of that because it. I, okay, uh, a couple of things went through my head. I'm representing VMP. I'm not mm -hmm. Alex Flores, Yola Douchebag. I know you guys cut my mic and stuff, which was very funny. Uh, and no, then... we honestly did it, man. Oh, really? I could have sworn. AV bullshit that happens at those shows. It happens to me all the time, and I, I know it sounded like it. I, I promise you, we wouldn't do nothing okay, like that. Okay, then even, that's fine. And, yeah. and I was like, this is a lot of fun because there's a good back and forth. We basically would talk about the cards that are coming up, what's done, and it was very, I would say, professional, you know? Mm -hmm. And... um. Uh, not Justin Starkey, uh, uh, his, his right-hand man at the time said, dude, you oh, killed BJ? it. BJ, like, BJ McCarty. Yeah. Uh, I said, uh, he's like, dude, like, natural, you killed it. And I'm like, well, you know, it's just me and Justin talking up there. I wasn't like, you know, uh, looking at the audience, which was packed, by the way. It was packed. Yeah, so, those were the heydays, man. The pre-COVID shows were huge. Uh, that's perfect. Part that's a perfect segue as yeah. to what I was gonna say. So the car show stuff was like ridiculously popular. I remember the VMP thing had a big line. There was just people everywhere, burnout contest, blowing your ears off. And then COVID hits, and I'm obviously yeah. I work for Lund now, and I I wasn't as privy as to that. But you are boots on the ground with mm -hmm. that stuff. How how did COVID? 
um, affect not only the attendance, but obviously I'm sure sales must have actually no sales might have gone up. It was weird how how COVID went up the other way. Um, How was the in in person attendance at shows affected uh, pre uh, just just right around COVID and just right after COVID? Yeah, no, I mean, so COVID killed the show for I would say two, maybe three years. I I was just didn't do it because Maple Grove wasn't having people there um it just we just didn't do it it was it was two years i, I want to say so pre-covid the shows were, were booming um you know and they covid happened we tried to do kind of like uh i don't know what we tried to do something because uh, we, we, we were still doing make-a-wish builds which a lot of times our show benefits make-a-wish and we'd always do a vehicle for a, a, a kid and this time it was a truck it was like a like a first gen Silverado that we redid for a kid in Texas. Okay. And the, the show got canceled because of the rain. This was supposed to be the first show after COVID and it, it got rained out because of a hurricane. But um, so to your point, it, it, it killed the kind of momentum that we had with it. So then when after COVID, we rebranded it more of a turn five show as far as like not an American muscle, which a lot of people were upset about, rightly so. I get it. Like, I think the American muscle show was such a monster and it had such a, a positive kind of, um, uh, you know, light in the community where it was like, you know, you can go, you can see a bunch of cars, you can, you know, dick off in some of those events if that's your thing, um, or you just hang out, have a good time, see some cool stuff. And then the owners, because the company was growing, they didn't want to just cater to one site anymore. They wanted to like open it up to all of our sites. So it's like, we wanted to have trucks there, like Jeeps and Broncos and and so last year was actually the first year where we were able to have it because we didn't get rained out, whatever. And it was different. You know what I mean? Like, I think the old AM head in me was like, it's good, but it's just lacking that that energy that we had for the AM shows. But I think it's also it was the first year after COVID that we had a show. It was the first year of the new format. So I think there's a lot of people like didn't know what to expect. But we had a great time. It really was awesome. We did like, you know, a bunch of random stuff, monster trucks, jet cars, like the, the usual turn five experience. Okay. But those shows that you used to go, that you were there with turn or with VMP and all that, like that was to me the heyday. And I think we will eventually get back there again, but I think it just takes a little while to kind of build back up to that because it was, that, it was pretty wild. It was, it was like it was a lot crazy. of people, a lot of vendors, food. And then, I mean, the parking lot was super full. And if you guys don't know, those of you listening, Maple Grove is a beautiful area. Like it is just vast and green and lush and pretty. And it, it was just a very good venue, in my opinion, to showcase just car product stuff. It was just, and there's drag racing, obviously. So, you know, a and lot dude, of people. And one year we gave out free tattoos. Stop it. Like there was a line. <laughs> I swear, it was crazy. Like, and and you I, guys I, were I, tattooing I, people. I wasn't. I, they didn't want me doing it, but they they were like, "You want to get one on camera?" I said, "Hell no! I Hell love the, this job. I love you, but no." Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm good. Uh, but no, it, it just goes to show you how big and how crazy it was. And there was, and dude, I I, I want to go back. I didn't get to to say thank you, but like when we did do that that car, uh, when we announced the races. I, I took it, you know, I, I took a chance, you took a chance. And I think at the end of the day, my owner of my company, Steve was just like, he was like, man, that was, that was really good. Thanks for like suggesting that. So thank you for, for, oh, you know, taking wondered, a leap of faith there. Yeah. I wondered, um, because, you know, I don't want to make this about me, um, but I wondered what the thought process was where, okay, 
there's the perception of Alex and then there's the reality of Alex. Mm. And, and, and then they were, did they finally see like, Hey, this guy can be professional if, if he needs to be, and he can add something to it. Or was, was there an internal process of like, Oh, maybe he's being fake or like, you know, maybe that's, no, and I'm just no? not at all. It was just me telling Steve, my owner who I have a very good relationship saying like, trust me, this is going to be good. And because deep down, like I said, I know who I am. And I think me and you have a lot in common I might not show a lot of the stuff I, I, I am <laughs> in person or on camera because, you know, it's a little, little polished, whatever. It is what it is. But I think you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways in that mm -hmm. regard. And I told him, like, listen, man, I know this guy. I, I have a feeling him and I are going to be fine. And, and, and we were. And it was awesome. And, like, I still, like, you know, I don't want to be, you know, cheesy or anything. But I still look back on that as, like, a, a really good a good moment for, for me that, and the company and everything. Yeah, that <clears> – <throat> so – in my opinion, um, that moment, in terms of my outlook on what I want my channel and my perception of, of, of your public persona to be, pivoted. Because you can only be a douchebag so long. You can only play a clown so long until people are sick of the clown. So eventually you have to have some credibility behind your words. And in my opinion, your credibility was, uh, on my end of things, was you know the blue check mark was given the moment you ran that stick car to be consistent and i'm like all right I, I that guy knows what he's doing because he can drive and obviously uh he's around the products and obviously he has to sell whatever the company pushes out sure. but it's not like he's a dumbass just a pretty face put it saying hey put amrs on your car and i went okay cool so then when we did the the, the racing thing I had a lot of fun. Like we were just talking to each other, making fun of a lot of the shit that was happening. Yeah, and that was, a, that was, that was a lot of fun for me. And then I think I saw Justin Starkey. Uh, I love him very much, but he's not really a stick shift driver. So I was like, Oh man, this thing might stall. And it was so perfect. It was set up so perfectly. I'm like, are you ready? <laughs> and sure, and sure enough, it happened. And I'm just dying inside, but it was yeah. actually, I had a lot of fun. I felt comfortable. I didn't feel like um, because I knew what I had said in the past, but mm -hmm. I also understood what this moment was. And it wasn't that moment. It wasn't the moment to flip my hat. It wasn't a moment to do dumb shit. It was the moment yeah. to to help VMP and, and uh, uh, American Muscle, you know, showcase the cars with the parts and all this stuff on the track. And, so. Dude, I appreciate what you do. And, and I know a lot of people might think that's bullshit, but like I think I'm coming. I played a lot of sports growing up, so I think people like different communities need regulators. You know what I mean? Somebody to call out someone when the bullshit flag is up. Right. right and, right. and you do that very well, almost too well sometimes. And, <laughs> you know, but it's, I think that there was a lot of things we were doing admittedly back then when I first started, that was a little, little shade, not shady. That's the wrong word, but like, it wasn't like, true to the consumer to the to the enthusiast you know it was like you said it was more of like a marketing thing rather than like a car guy thing and 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 even some of the stuff that you called us on yeah i, I do we we definitely you know i think shifted course a few times back then and and you called us on it but i getting back to what you said i hear you you can't always be that guy but at the same time it's nice to to have someone like that be like you know what he's right like as much as i hate to admit it like you know were, were there were there internal talks let's say for example and again i don't want to make this about me but that's interesting yeah. as a company perspective did sure. uh you guys turn five american muscle uh i don't know if i'm i don't know if turn five is the parent company turn five is the parent company yeah so turn five owns american muscle american trucks extreme train and now ecklers as well 
wow, wow what a yeah. juggernaut of a company. So yeah. um, was was there maybe uh, something that was said, somebody sees it, and they go, what do you think about this? And then you go, he's right? Or do you, people say there's an in- initial fuck him, and then they're like, but he's not wrong, just maybe the delivery is a little on the harsh side. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example is when um, during the time when uh, when Paul was here heading up Bama, who is a great dude, um, you know, people have thoughts about whatever, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, very good dude. And he actually, to his credit, wanted to turn kind of like the the uh, I guess uh, I guess what the, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of the enigma or whatever of, of Bama or the perception, he wanted to kind of like turn that around. So that's when it was like the 2015 had just come out. You know, we were uh, doing that. We were, we had like, he bought like a, a Trinity GT500 for the company. We had a Gen 1 Raptor and it was like, all right, we're going to like turn this around and like just ch- try to make it a, a different thing. Okay. And that was right along the time we paired up with JPC for the 2015 um, Mustang. And so, you know, without getting like two in the weeds or two, you know, uh, whatever, I think in my mind, looking back, uh, we could have done things differently where we should have acknowledged some of the been more clear with who we were working with and why. And I think there was strategic steps to not disclose that stuff. And again, I told you earlier, like, I wish I had a seat at the table at the time. I would have said, I don't agree with that. And here's why that was that never happened. So it was just like, this is the way it's going to be. And I think at that time, you and, and, and a couple other people in the industry were rightly calling us out on how that was handled. And, you know, it, it was I think that was a learning experience for the company, for sure. Um, it wasn't certainly one of our finer moments, but we did. You know, Paul was very much tuning the car. JPC was very much working on the car. So there was there wasn't bullshit in that regard, but the way it was handled it, it it seemed shadier than it really was you know what i mean right it, it was just it was just um from an outsider's perspective we we you know if someone says gen 2 mustang we think gen 2 architecture so we right. just go okay this is where we are but i think the um the problem therein lies is because now I, now i am representing a tuning company so you kind of have to like it's tough because obviously you you are turn five. You are mm. American muscle. When I say something, I know that people see me as Lund Racing when they, when they used to see me as VMP. So um, obviously some of the stuff you say, you know, you have to understand that there's a whole yeah. perception of you behind it. So if you say For it, then sure. the company says it. So uh, once that was coming around, you know, there was, I think, fair criticism. But I, I appreciate that you guys like seem to not necessarily acknowledge it, but not necessarily push that that you know going forward but like you said maybe you weren't in there in the talks and say hey this is something that we not you know there's there's people out there that are really understanding what's happening and they you know they're going to call us on it and and it's probably better not to but i i understand that if you weren't involved in terms of the decision making it has that did that change like is there a seminal moment where that changed and they said hey we need to bring you in you now have a seat at the table you now have input um and direction of how the product lines or videos or performance aspects of the our products are are shown yeah 100 i mean back then it was very much a lot of cooks in the kitchen for stuff like that including you know at the time it was the you know bama and paul were, were a big part of that um we we pivoted and we don't really kind of do that style of stuff much anymore now it's we're very much i don't want to say like segregated in our roles but like video is pretty much responsible for video there are times where we have to like maybe go up and 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 make sure everything's good with the higher ups but 
it's it's not as uh, communal as it once was, where it was like marketing saying this and this is that, and 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 it was like there was like five departments in on one video okay. where now it's like videos, video, like you guys take the ball and run with it. And so that's been going on that way. I'd say for probably at least five years, if not longer, um, where it's just like, I, yeah. So, I mean, to your point, I think they trust not only myself, but the people who else, I mean, the video department, there's like 30 people in the video department now there's, wow. yeah. So you don't see a lot of like, you know, the host day to day, like you once did, like before it was just like me and Steph, but now there's, there's, you know, there's Jake, there's Noah, there's, there's guys that like, you know, are just kind of recent, recent additions to the team who mainly handle the product video side, because again, that is king for us. Like product video is always going to take precedent over content. Um, so, but getting back to your original question about like, yeah, it's just, what we shoot with product definitely comes from somebody else because there's sales data involved and things like that. But content is pretty much just us and maybe a little bit of marketing here and there, but uh, we, we drive the bus pretty much. So if there's an idea where I think is good, like the 24 stuff, I told my boss, uh, I was just like, Hey, I think we should do this, this, and this. She said, great, let's do it. And I said, all right. So, you know, a lot of times there's a little bit more of a procedure, you know, it's like, all right, well, let's do this. There's meetings about it, blah, blah, blah. But when it's something like pressing, like a new vehicle, it's usually like, yeah. Get the content out. Go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get the Pretty content much. out. So, so now um, going forward, right? Um, before, uh, I don't know if Bama is still a, a thing. Yeah, a oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Bama still is very much, you know, uh, the internal tuning company for American Muscle. And, you know, um, I was actually, I asked the guy, Ryan, who is now the lead calibrator for BAM. I was, I was curious just to see, I, I, cause I know they tune a shitload of cars. I, I just never knew the number. No. Um, and I still don't, I, I'm waiting for him to get back to me on that. But uh, <laughs> I was curious because, you know, I, I listen and I know the comment section is going to be Bama joke after Bama joke. I, <laughs> I get it. Like it's, it's but, so but the, old that the, I'm just but like the sheer tired. volume that like people don't understand the sheer volume that Bama is yeah. responsible for. It's not small. Like it's a it's good really chunk and it's worldwide. You guys are sending it tuned out to people in Russia, Sweden, whatever. And it's a big company. So maybe you hear people like us say, oh, we have 4,000 people. And in this, you guys are probably, you know, well above that because you guys just push out volume. So on the tuning aspect and not to get too into the weeds on the tuning, sure. um, the 24 Mustang has obviously presented a unique uh, problem to solve. Um, obviously, without getting too into the weeds, do you foresee that being a non-tunable car uh, for at least a year or two, and you're going to concentrate mostly on the you know bolt-on parts and stuff like that, and you have kind of just like said to yourself, forget tuning. It's not happening. And when it happens, then we'll, you know, cross our bridge when we get to it. I, I don't think so, man. I, and I, here's why. And I, I like as, as a enthusiast and like somebody likes to go fast, I, yes, I want to see that. And I think that's very important as a company. They don't care. I, and I'll be completely honest with that because they saw the writing on the wall early on where they didn't put all their eggs in the AM basket and Mustang basket. So now if Mustang eventually becomes untunable, well, guess what? We have 39, 40, who knows how many money vehicles the company can carry from here on out. Right. Um, so if I'm like, if I'm a one trick pony, pardon the dumb pun, but like if all I do is sell Mustang parts, I'm probably a little bit more concerned, but because they diversified early on, 
and, and to keep in mind, we're not like lethal where it's like, I, I love those guys, but they're very much more performance it's, orientated. It's Mustang and racing and tuning and part. Yeah. yeah like exactly. we are like, we are the, the louver people, right? Like as much as I hate to admit that, <laughs> like I, deep down, we sell a shitload of superchargers. We sell a lot of performance parts, but I think ultimately, you know, I think people shop more appearance stuff than anything. Like if you want to go build a nine second car, eight second car, what you're probably not buying all your stuff from us. I'm just going to be 100% honest. That might get me in trouble, but it's honestly, I, think it's the truth. I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the truth. It People are very good with like seeing deals. And if you guys can push product via volume and give them a $50 cut, let's say if your blower kit is 8,050 bucks and someone else's is 7,999, I'm sorry, yours is 79.99. Someone else's 80, 50, they're going to buy it from you. They're like loyalty is gone when it comes to that stuff but let's let's talk about like let's talk about the um on a personal aspect Mm -hmm. because you're a mustang guy and you know you you've seen what the mustang can be you saw gen 1 gen 2 take off gen 3 be just dumb and then gen 4 comes around coyote and yes stock for stock it's probably you know a, a lateral move and maybe it does have performance uh aspects that are better than previous gen 3 but you know there's like a a wall because mm. you can't put a part on or okay let's just say you can't tune it you can put a part on it make more power yeah. but the legality of that is completely separate sure. But, sure. <laughs> so as a purist as a mustang guy do you go fuck <laughs> like what are they doing or do you go it's just the way things are with government and this and this and that not to get political but like it's just how it is so we just have to either deal with it or go to another platform I, I do, but at the same time, I got faith in y'all, man. Like, I, I've seen this, this Stop movie Stop looking before. at us. Stop I'm, looking well, at I'm us. I'm just saying, because I remember when I got a 21 F-150, people were like, oh, you are not you can't tune them? Like, what are you doing? And then eventually, the, the people found a way, right? And I, I still yeah. feel very strongly where there's a will, there's a way. The, you know, the Eric Brookses of the world are working hard to, to crack the code. And everybody else who plays a big role that I don't know, I apologize, but like, I... I, I still feel that that's going to happen here. I, how soon you guys probably know better than I do. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I still think eventually there will be, uh, does it suck now? Absolutely. You know, I, I think everybody would love to throw blowers on these things and take them to the track and see what they can do outside of like the Whipple kit, of course. But um, I, I have a lot of faith in the aftermarket. It's hasn't let us down yet. And I, I think the same will happen here where it sucks now, but I think give it, some time and we'll be laughing about it in a couple of years where it was like, oh, I remember it wasn't tunable um, or not laughing about it. But yeah, I just feel like it's going to be a thing of the past. I hope so. Like um, I hope so I, I, I'm like, um, let's just say uh, I'm an optimist, but also a realist. And unless there's something in the, on the horizon that gives me, see, I hate, I hate um, being optimistic and then being let down. I think it's better to be pessimistic and then being, you know, Surprise! Uh, surprise! Like, oh, yeah. cool, you know. And I, because I have been optimistic so many times. For example, um, you know, there were, there were, okay, there have been. Uh, obviously, I'm one of those weird people in the industry that has worked for, you know, a couple of big tuning companies and have been yeah. around uh, the block a little bit. So I kind of have a good pulse as to what what, what happens in the aftermarket. Um, a lot of times, people have the ability to take that next leap, and they don't for whatever reason. And I, I'm disappointed because I'm like, there it is. Shit, just do that. And they they don't do it, not to give specific examples. And have you seen that? Have you seen a 
a potential that, uh, let's say, product route, a company direction that you said, this is it. And maybe someone says, eh, and then it becomes something robust that you said we should have been on it on the ground level, but maybe it took longer than you thought it would. Oh, all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know like a specific example, but you know, margin is king here. you right. Or like there's, there's certain things where it's like, as an enthusiast, I'm like, dude, we should be carrying this. And I'll go to the product team. Like, why don't we carry this? And like, well, they don't want to work with us because X, Y, and Z, like maybe uh, we won't buy, we, we won't stock their stuff. We want to drop ship it, or we don't have enough, whatever, whatever the reason might be. Right. But, and then that means like, well, if someone like me who needs, like, I'll give a, a good example. I don't know if we, where we are here, but as of now, I don't think we have the four innovations return style stuff. Right. Like, so I'll give you a great example. Like in my, with my Mustang, we have to traditionally use what we sell. So I couldn't like, if I wanted to go do an E85 setup on my gen three and put a smaller pulley on, shoot for bigger power, whatever, whatever, I can't because we don't sell it. And that's, that's where like my desires as an enthusiast don't always exactly agree with like the business, uh, I guess, side of things, right. Where okay. it's like, damn, like, so I don't know if that's the exact, exact example you're looking for, but there it, are times where it, it, like, it, yeah. It, it can it can relate because so for example I, I okay I have been un, in an unfortunate position to test a product know it sucks know it in my heart of hearts this sucks tell them it sucks and then they sell it anyway yeah. and I'm just like now I can't go on oh, email I, I can't I, go I, on email and can't go hey this sucks don't buy it you know because dude, I got a I, great one for you you get a kick uh, out of this we sell a, a damn coyote badge. It's got like a bobcat on it. But I mean, <laughs> it's not even a coyote. It's not a goddamn cat. Really? It's, but I went to product development and they're like, I know, but we sell a shitload of those. Stop. Things. You sell a bobcat coyote, kind of like a. Does it have. Dude, it literally does not look a coyote at all. But it says like coyote underneath. It's a red badge that people put it on their grills, whatever. I'm like, wait a minute. I did a product video for it. I'm like, did you laugh your ass off doing the video? Yeah. Like, I don't know what this is. I even said in the video, and I think that's why they didn't end up making the cut. But I'm like, to me, this isn't exactly a coyote, but hey, you know? Um, oh. no. So that's a great example. Where I'm like, why? You know, like, to me, I'm like, we should probably nip this in the bud. But at but the end of the day, sales are king. Yeah. I mean, we did a dumb <laughs> video for this grill with teeth on it. People, dude. Even, don't ever be surprised by what people are willing to put on Did the car. Did you ever do you a snake eyes video? Did you ever do a snake eyes video? I didn't. I know. <laughs> <laughs> those are great too. Oh, Man, some those. of the airbrush I've seen though over the years, bro. I, I tell I you what. I did a googly eyes video, and people are like, where can I get that product? I'm like Hobby Lobby. You can just literally. Oh, Shelby Day is my hero, man. Oh, I, yeah. I love when you do that. I've tried to um, see the problem with Shelby Davis. There's way too much content to just make. But I'm going to get lost in it. Like, if I start doing Shelby Dave stuff, it's a rabbit, I, hole, I, it's a rabbit hole. So I'm like, I'm going to, my, my boss wants me to do it. He goes, I love Shelby Dave. Every time I go to the Shelby guys down in, he goes to Texas where these guys uh, just John run on the a Shelby guy. Oh, yes. He is a Shelby guy. Yeah. Um, if he, if, if I didn't make fun of him, he'd have the hat, he'd have the luggage, he'd have the socks, <laughs> the onesie, he'd have everything. I just but, have to say, I don't want to interrupt you, but like, this is a great opportunity to say how much of a G John Sr. is. Like, when you guys were, when, when Lund is in Philly or like PA, whatever, I had the pleasure of like stopping by the office several times just to whatever, like shoot the shit, you know, drop off a part, whatever, whatever. 
And like the amount of knowledge that dude breaks off on you on any one time is like, you're fortunate enough to be around someone like him all the time. Like, uh, dude, I tell you, like, that's, that's when, I don't know what kids nowadays that they can have someone like that. But you know, when people like kind of like reminisce about their grandfather, like, oh, he was telling me war stories. Not that John's, I know he's a grandfather, but like, like that dude, it just, I could listen to him talk for hours and not in like a weird way, but like, I mean, the, from the flying to the racing, to the tuning to like, he's done it all, man. And he's just a very, very smart guy. So, uh, you know, no, yeah, I, just, like, I wanted to get the, that the, in. The, the, no, that's good. I appreciate that. The, uh, one of the, one of the better things to do with John senior is, um, after dinner, like, you know, when, when I come up to, uh, where they're located, I, I'm usually there for three days or a week, just if there's any training or anything. Dinner, he has the old fashioned and he starts talking. You listen, you shut the fuck up and you sit down and you listen to the man. You will learn about binary shit. You'll learn about, you'll learn about the history of this and that, you know, and there's so, I wish I could just spew out the shit I know that he has told me, but some of the stuff might not be, you know, too good to air out. <laughs> right. But in terms of the tuning stuff and uh, the vast knowledge and not just that, the motor building stuff. See, a lot of people are like, I'm in a situation right now, and I don't know how up and uh, how up to date you are oh, on my videos. Yeah, I saw your stuff. I'm, I, I'm in, a, I'm in yeah. a position that now I have to learn this stuff, and I don't want to. But so was Senior. Senior was in a position where he's like, I don't want to have to learn this stuff. So now when he goes into learning it, he goes into the matrix of learning it. And then he designed his own turbo kit. He designed everything. He designed his own front end suspension and spec'd out where the cam should be, how to time them properly. And Junior is tasked with the tuning and the ones and zeros behind. And I'm just like, and then not only that, to win World Cup, we were like, that was huge. Like, it was like, it, it, I didn't do shit. I just lined them up. Uh, but it was such a huge um blue check mark like into what we do that you can't ignore it anymore and you yeah. can't criticize it anymore and whatever you were to say about lund at the time goes away because unless you did what they did shut up you know now sure. I'm, I'm sure there was a point in time where not just you but for me for me it was when you were racing but i'm sure a lot of people said oh this is a pretty blonde guy from american muscle did did you ever see kind of like a change in an attitude, let's say in person or just in general about the, let's just say the, the validity of your words. You're not just a pretty boy saying shit. You're actually putting out knowledge and trying to educate the people out there. Or was there still sort of like a perception of he's just a sales guy. He's just telling, he's just selling maneuvers and shit. Dude, I, I feel like that right now. I mean, you guys, you've had like Joel <laughs> Steele on here. You've had the fat house guys. Like I, I do not deserve to be here uh, to be honest with you. Cause I am just a guy who, you know, basically works for am and i i personally feel i don't contribute enough you know in, in the big picture like you know john jr and senior the joel steels the the fat house guys whoever right like these these guys have actually like done meaningful shit i just feel like i work for a very prominent company and i've been in the right place for a very long time and if that's something to be you know applauded then i guess that's great right but I, I don't know. So I, I guess I'm constantly bat battling internally like that. I'm just not a pretty boy that likes talking about cars, but I guess, listen, man, I've been here 12 years now. I've, I've wow. met a lot of people. Yeah. Shit. yeah. 12 years. Wow. I know. So like I, in my head, even though I battle with that and I think that I'm just, I, I don't want to say like I'm a frog cause I don't think that I, I but I don't feel like, I, I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. And like, yes, I, I do feel like the pretty boy at the end of the day, but at the same time, I'll, like I'll 
I'll have my old fashioned and I'll go back and watch some old videos. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'm not that bad. Right. Like I I've done some cool shit. Like I've, I've shown people some neat things. Like even to your point, I, I watched one of the videos today about how you're saying like, if you're making sub 1100 buy an illuminator. Right. And right. don't, I, I went and watched the video I did at, um, uh, past performance auto assemblies or performance assembly solutions yep. that assembles the illuminators. And right. I'm like, I've had the ability to show people who might not be privy to that kind of thing, how these engines are built and why they're maybe better than Bob's machine shop down the street. Right. Like, so I you have a video, you have a video of that. I'll send you a link. Yeah. Send it, me the link really because step by step. Yeah. I, I am on that. I am on that war path, not because of being salty, but being realistic and, and, and trying to give the customer the best advice that you have at the time possible. Yeah. So if you have a video of you at performance assembly solutions in what is it somewhere, Michigan, it's, it's, uh, so it's right by Livonia. It's not too far from Dearborn. Right. Yeah. But like they, so yeah, I have a video like literally walking through like an Illuminator build. Oh, dude, you're gonna send me that link and I'll put it up there. Here you go. Here's the motor you're yeah, getting. Absolutely. That and then they also hand assemble all the um, all the um, the four GT engines there. All the twin turbo V6 engines are did, all did, hand built. Did right you there. see? Did you see the GM engens they also assemble? Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> in that video, there's an LSX banner like <laughs> in one of the shots, and people are like, LSX, what the hell is that shit? I see they, they assemble everything there though. You if you I mean? open the GM performance parts catalog and you want an LS three, they assemble it there yeah. more than likely or a four fifty four or anything. And how they test it is cool as fuck. It's like a dry dyno that exactly. just rotates the motor and it they goes. They cold test all of their engines. Yeah. They, oh, they fill them up with oil. They cold test them. And I show that as well in the video. Um, oh, beautiful, but beautiful. yeah. So like, I guess bringing that full circle, even though while I don't think maybe I'm, on the same platform or, or level as guys that you've interviewed in the past, I do think I've had maybe enough in the history of my employment here to earn a seat at the table, right? Where I've done some pretty cool shit, so showing some cool stuff. Um, and who knows, maybe in some, like, without trying to pat myself on the back too hard, maybe help people. I know I have, and matter of fact, without getting too dorky, but like people, like, I watched your videos and I didn't think. I don't know if this is a compliment or not, but I didn't think I could be in front of the camera and I saw your dumb ass. So here I am. No, they didn't say that, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like people are like, how do you, cause they just asked me how I got this job. And I told them like, dude, I right place, right time. Just do it. You know, you got to try it. So anyway, I, I think maybe if I could have helped a couple people along the way, like just have the confidence to go for it, then that's cool. You know, like maybe I'm not breaking records or doing anything that I think is cool, but at the end of the day, maybe other people might see it and be like, all right, yeah, I, I can appreciate what that guy's done. I guess what I'll do is I'll um, give you the, 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 the globe, like the, the, the bird's eye view, the bird's eye view of who you are, in my opinion, without, you know, sucking dick and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> you are Justin Dugan of American muscle. Like those words carry weight. So you have access to a lot of the stuff because you're affiliated or you are now basically the spokesperson of a juggernaut company, turn five, big company. You do product videos, you do this. So people view you as the guy of American muscle and for better or worse, I'm the guy for Lund racing. Lund racing does not promote, does not have a commercial, but if anyone talks shit or if we want to push a product, I'm the guy that's either up their ass or showing them the product. So in a, in a similar fashion, you do it before a, big, big company. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't 
say you're like, um, I wouldn't put yourself down to say I'm just some dumbass in front of the camera. If you have access to like performance assembly solutions and they allow you to video there, they didn't allow me to video there. They were like, fuck you, buddy. I was at <laughs> Roush. I saw way too many things at Roush. I saw, oh, if I could tell you what I saw at Roush in 2015, <laughs> I go, oh my God. Like I saw, I saw the future and, and a person told me at Roush, 2024 is not going to be tunable. And boom, here we oh, are. Wow. Now, I couldn't yeah. say much back then because, you know, NDAs and bullshit. But the guy showed me around. And just so that I knew I had the knowledge, you had the ability to have cameras in the joint and show that, them stuff. So that's, that's a great that's point, a, man. Like, yeah, you're right. And I, I forget about that. I take that for granted, I guess, right? Because I've, I've had conversations with Jack Roush about him, you know, crashing a car when he was a teenager <laughs> and barely living. I've, you know, Chip, we bit a bill with Chip Foose. Like, I mean, people have their thoughts about him, but like he took me back in his office and showed me some drawings of shit that he did with like big, you know, the big three manufacturers for like pitching that, like just stuff that I think most car guys would be like, this is a pretty cool fucking thing. And like, I, you're I around Jack Roush and Chip Foose. Like just, that, that alone, I, I met Jack Roush. And do you know that story? Like, I don't know if you've heard the show, but no, it was like, no. <laughs> After the plane crash, obviously he's you know not himself or whatever, and sure. uh, you know I meet him at the, one of the one of the NASCAR uh, lower. I was invited to go to like a NASCAR race, which is like a, a B class. I don't know the nationwide series or whatever they're called now. And he was there, and they go, oh, you know, the guy who invited me up said, hey, this is Jack Roush, and Jack Roush like, hi, and, and he's like, uh, what's your name? I go, Alex, and the other guy said, he's a tuner, and he goes, good for you. <laughs> 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 I was like, I was like, wow, okay. I, I, I met Jack Rouse, cool, but yeah. got a picture with him, whatever. But you're you're able to have sit down conversations, like one on one. You weren't with like a whole team of people around him, right? Like he was just. Oh, correct. Yeah, I mean, like we'll just. Uh, you're right. I think because of the access, and you're you're correct there. Like they know we're coming in to film all day, so they'll set aside a day to just kind of like be available, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so for him or like, you know, Foose or even going to lunch with Steve Celine and talking to him about his old SCCA days, like the Trans Am days. Like, okay. I know again, people have thoughts about Celine and whether they're <laughs> right or wrong, true or false, whatever, that's neither here nor there. But the guy <laughs> has done some cool shit. You know what I mean? Yes, like, absolutely. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think I don't judge people on, you know, what, they're whatever if you we've done what we've done but what do i know about you on a personal level you know and i think that's how i go through life like you've talked you know shit about this or you've done that that's cool but like how are you when when you and i are talking and, exactly. and i always right. i always feel like if if you're cool with me one-on-one -on -one, then we're good you know and like even if you're not then whatever i, I don't care but like um <laughs> i guess to the point where i'm trying to make is yeah, like even like with Vaughn, like we got like I know people have their feelings about Vaughn, but the dude is a very smart businessman. He has unparalleled access to Ford. Like I've seen some of the shit he's done. I rode with him in his Ultra Four rig in 2017. We we won a race. Like I got to stand on a podium on some shit I'd never be able to do otherwise. I have no business being up there. But you know what? We we qualified, we raced, we won, and like I got the picture holding the trophy. Like so. Yeah, like maybe I, I don't know. I, do I deserve to be up there? Yeah, probably debatable, but I got to do it, and it's cool at the end of the day. And 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 to your point, you're right. Like maybe Justin from American Muscle does carry some kind of clout in a way that is enough to maybe uh, hopefully show some cool videos for guys to get a kick out of. I guess I don't know. See, I, I think you and I have a similar. Um thought process as to who we feel is important in, in, in a certain field. Like 
you and I look at Joel Steele as like one of the baddest fucking sticks of Frasers in the Ford game, at least. For sure. All right. So you so so we see him as he's up here. Um, but the ben then stoners of the world, like Ben Stoner, guys, yeah, stuff like yeah. John Jr., all that stuff. So then people that's who we perceive or, or, or look up to or respect highly. Um, the general public, which is 80% of people, look to you and, and go, That guy is important to me because I've gotten every part on my Mustang because he's either said it's good, shown it, or said it's available, or put it on his car and, and it's performed. So it, it does carry some weight, but as long as you don't walk around with a big head, I mean, I think I think things are good. I wanted to ask also about something that happened to me at the American Muscle Car Show that I'm sure happens to you all the time. And you're a married man, and I'm respectful. Um, groupies. Like, do you get ever like, <laughs> hey, man, you're just – yeah, they're all 40 man. and 50-year-old uh, dudes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's no chicks that come up to me, man. Right. So Definitely I went – I, I was leaving the American Muscle Car Show, and as I was leaving, you know, sometimes you get a circle of people, and they go, okay, I got them, so let me, like, ask them questions and blah, 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 blah. And one dude was paying a little too much attention, whatever. As I'm leaving – I get an email because um in my card I, I had my email and okay. he basically and he basically went let's just say he liked me a lot and really professed that you know this and this and that and I thought if this bald fuck can get like any person <laughs> to, to to find them themselves attractive it's like I'm sure you get maybe guys just want to talk to you for the sake of talking to you and you're like do you really want to talk to me you just want to like you know like be around me like has it, i'm sure there's groupies when it comes to american muscle sure. stuff i mean i don't think like like so i i don't know i i think the let me know what i'm trying to say here the older i get the more i pull back from the social media and like i haven't heard again in your video recently like you don't like talking to people right like and to to a certain extent like you you'd rather just if you didn't have to do the camera thing and still make oh, a lot of money, you would awesome. It'd be like awesome. that, that'd be a, a no brainer. And to me, like I'm perfectly content with the amount of camera stuff I have to do because it's a nine to five. Like I'm not a, I don't consider myself a YouTuber, even though like technically I'm on YouTube, like I don't get paid by YouTube. I get paid by American muscle and I'm like literally punching a clock from nine to five. So I can kind of turn that off when I go home. But I think there's guys like yourself and others that are like, literally just, you have to have it, not All that you time. have to be on, but you have All to be time. on. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so like, I don't have that as much. I get guys that hit me up on Instagram and they're, they're pretty innocent. You know, it's like, Hey, like what exhaust would you recommend for my 18 Mustang or something like dumb? You know what I mean? Like oh, that. I, like, I was expecting them to be like, Hey, you got a sweet ass, you know, like you want to go out sometimes. <laughs> oh <No>, man. <laughs> yeah. I guess I gotta, I gotta get on the, uh, your, your workout plan or something, man. I gotta get my calf game right. <laughs> The calf game is decent. So it is uh, It is interesting because you're not – you You have a nine-to-five, and that is, like, my dream. If I could just afford the things I want to afford and live, you know, like, have the projects that I have and stuff and only punch a nine-to-five, I would be ecstatic. And, and, look, Lund compensates me ridiculously well for sure. what I do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you, you find yourself – we have a Northeast mentality, and we don't necessarily – like if you didn't have a family, you'd probably be working. You'd probably be just like, I'm going to make more money. I'm going to do this, but not necessarily put myself out there. But I'd find a way, like you said, you were waiting tables. You were doing like 15 different things. But obviously once you have a family, 
priority shift, which right for sure. yourself. So, but for me, because I'm not looking to have no kids, I just want more cars and you know more, more cool shit. Oh, yeah. You have to you have to be in front of the camera and you're always on. So if you're stopped at a Home Depot or if you're at a restaurant, like I can't imagine the big YouTubers that have two, three, four, a million subs and they just want to have a dinner at like Texas Roadhouse. They're screwed because yeah. you have to be on. And if you go, hey, I'm just hanging out with my wife. Have you ever been approached with your family and you're like, hey, man, I'm just kind of like doing the wife and that family <laughs> thing. Can you just leave I've me the been fuck approached- around? a couple times and I did not do that because it never happened. So I was like, Oh sweet. Like <laughs> someone recognizes me. So uh, the one time in particular, and I swear to God, uh, my, uh, you know, I don't, I've literally can count on two hands. Maybe the time people recognize me, but the one time it happened, I was in new Orleans for a wedding uh, for a family member. And I was in like my family's hotel. We were on the lobby getting ready to go out, whatever. And I was sitting there with like my dad, my, my, my stepmom, my aunts and uncles. And like the bellman comes over. He's like, you're the dude from American Muscle. He's like, holy shit. He's like, man, I see, I see Drew Brees in here all the time because, you know, whatever. But he's like, you. He's like, this is awesome. <laughs> Fuck like, Drew Brees, you. you. Your priority. <laughs> Fuck priority. the Super Bowl <laughs> winner, you. Braxiums, <laughs> woo. Yeah, no, but honestly, that was like the one time that was like, all right, this is cool. But I, I, I kid you not, man. It, it really doesn't happen. Like, I'd say probably five, ten times it's happened. And, you know, and, and that's not at our show, obviously. That's like... At, at a restaurant or something, you know, but I'm blown away by that because I would think you're pretty recognizable in the Mustang <clears throat> community. And that's the reason I wanted to have you on. Like, maybe you're like, why the fuck does he want to interview me? Like, dude, you're, you're the guy that is the, the main spokesperson for one of the bigger, if not the biggest uh, aftermarket parts suppliers, whether it's stick on or bolt on uh, period. So I wanted to yeah. get your perspective as to working for them. Now, future, what does the future look like for, Turn five, do you see them pivoting in such a fashion that you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to go on because we're not married, just like you said earlier. We're not married to like a performance product. We're more generally, we will supply everything and whatever sells, we'll just give it. Do you see them kind of like pivoting and making moves to kind of like really shore up their position in the aftermarket? Or yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm, you wouldn't say if they're not, but I'm just saying, do you see, do you see moves being made at the oh, yeah. echelons that make you go, okay, I'm going to be here for a little while. 100%. I just had dinner with the owner uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, um, just to touch base. You know, we do it from time to time and we talked about some things and there's absolutely things happening in the background right now to continue to grow the company. And that's one thing about Steve and Andrew, these two, two brothers, by the way, they started this thing like, you know, in their mom's garage, they were teenagers and they blew it up to where it is now. Like, so, you know, I, I know some people are like, oh, that's the Walmart of Mustang parts. And like, yeah, it is, I guess. But you go to that. Walmart, don't you? Like what I tell people is you go to Walmart, don't Walmart. you? Yeah, exactly. So like they've, it's not like they inherited some big company and they just been riding it. Like they grew this thing from literally nothing. And so for me, are we, you know, it's not as maybe charming as some of the small shops. I get that. But at the same time, I don't think that should take away from their success. Now, that being said, they have always been focused on growth. They, they have like a growth mindset like I've never met before. And I think that's why we've gone from, you know, 40, 50 employees when I started to over 500 now in, you know, 10, 11 years because they just want to keep growing the company. This is, I, I've talked to them, like, what do you, like, if you guys sell this company, like, what are you going to do? They're like, start another one probably because they just, <laughs> they can't, they, they are, they, that's all they do. They, they love they love the challenges, the day-to-day challenges in, of growing a business and seeing what happens next. They, they aren't the type to sit on a beach somewhere and collect their checks. Like, 
I mean, a lot of the company works from home now from COVID mm -hmm. um, where we're getting people back in more. But before that, dude, they were in here five days a week. They're not like mail it in type owners. They are all about their business. They, they literally know what's going on in every department very well. Um, they are fully invested. And so with that being said, yeah, talking to Steve at dinner the other night, I know some things that they're working on in the background that is going to continue that growth mindset. Um, and I asked him plain, point blank. I'm like, you guys ever like want to just cash out and just go ball out for the rest of your lives? I mean, you're, they're, they're in their thirties, you know, the companies where oh, they're young, a Holy whole shit, lot of money. Young. Yeah. And so they're you're like, like 39 or 40, right? I'm 42, bro. You're 42. Damn. 82, 81. Yeah, man. Yeah, so shit. I know. Yeah. Tell me about it. I, I date myself here, but I'm still not the oldest one in the Mustang game. That's Bill. That's old CJ's Bill. I think gotcha, he's got gotcha. a couple years on me. Well, he I'm 46, so people are just like, oh, I act like a like a 18 year old, but you know, <laughs> it keeps me young. So yeah, these guys being that young, you would think that they'd want to grow for as long as they could. I couldn't imagine just cashing out and then starting yeah, something. Yeah, I'd be unproven. cashing out tomorrow. I'd be like, I'm Bro, taking my like, money and running. Yeah, but then but what? Then, like, okay, like, like what would you do? Like, let's say Justin Dugan tomorrow is worth 35 million bucks. What do you do? Go. What's your first move? Go. Uh, invest <laughs> it and, you know, and buy a bunch of toys, you know, that, that's, that's it. But no, these guys are smart. You know, they've, they've made a lot of right moves. They've made some, some, you know, questionable calls in the past and they'll be the first to tell you that. But at the end of the day, they make more right ones than wrong ones. It feels like being as a part of the company for as long as I have, they definitely have the best interest of the company in mind. There's no denying that they definitely want to take care of the employees. Uh, the day to day here is great. You know what I mean? They do a lot for the employees. Um, it's it's a really cool place to work. And I don't, I don't just say that because like I have to or because I'm the video guy. It, it genuinely is a cool place to work. And these guys, Steve and Andrew, are a big part of that. And they've always kind of like made it possible to uh, to be excited about coming to work. And, you know, so, yeah, to their, their credit, I, I guess you're right. Like, why why would I want to sell right now when, when I'm doing well, I'm growing the company and. Let's see where the, the next five years takes us. But if I were to guess, the next five years is going to probably mean, you know, more vehicles, maybe acquiring more brands. Yeah. Uh, different platforms. Uh, yeah, different for sure. Platforms that maybe we don't currently cater to. Why not? I mean, because everything they've done, again, you know, maybe one step backwards, two steps forwards, whatever. But they continue like the stock market. They're, they're trending in the right direction long term. That's the um, hardest thing to to do, in my opinion, especially in the Mustang aftermarket. If you don't see a growth mindset, well, it, you're not motivated to like either stay working for them. Like I started, you know, in certain companies, I started looking around going, I don't see anything on the horizon for years. Like I see nothing and I, I and I'm not making any money. So like I'm like, why would I stay in this situation? But at least that's why I asked the question, because if you could see a future being built or at least some progress towards something, then you can go, bro, I'm going to, I'm staying here. Why, why go anywhere? If I yeah. see this company being robust and strong for 10, 15, 20 years down the road, and you've been there 12 and you see how from 60 or so employees to 500, uh, like I, I know that we have at least employed three of your ex employees, uh, yeah. over at there. Like it was Dakota Brandon. And I think, uh, a, a, a customer service rep, I exactly. forget his name. Yeah, for, no, no. So five. We've had we've basically poached all your people. Um, so. <laughs> well, that's just it. I always, I'm glad you pointed that out because for everybody that always shits on Bama, I will have you know, half a Lun Racing is ex Bama employees. Oh, yeah, they they, they come over and like they come over here. You you know how to operate the system? Get over yeah. here. Yeah, we yeah. would poach a lot of the guys because um, I don't know. I think I think uh, I think when we were growing crazy. 
old, old, oh, the, the old days of this little oh, thing. Oh, I'm oh still holding God. on to mine. That's going to be oh, worth a couple grand dude, one day. Dude, imagine. <laughs> I mean, we, we announced the LRX stuff soon, so I hope that that does as well. <clears throat> but, um, you know, in those days, the growth was so silly that we had to throttle back because we couldn't maintain proper customer service support. So I'm sure if if when you work for a company that needs to throttle back, and says, oh, hey, we made too much money. Here's some of that. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, appreciate that. It's difficult to speak badly or, or not speak highly of that company. So I wouldn't poo-poo the fact that, you know, or people would say, oh, you know, you're just a company man saying that shit. If you're in a position like you're in and the company is making strides to better themselves or at least keep their growth happening, of course you'd speak highly of that company. Yeah. You're not, not going to go out there and be like, oh, hey, we suck. I'm just going to talk with Alex and say <laughs> we suck all the time. And my, my point wasn't to try to trash anybody. I, I said I was going to be respectful. I just wanted to kind of hear your side of things and your story. So at the end of the day, um, do you see yourself maybe managing or not just managing, let's just say running the department instead of being in front of the camera because eventually there's going to be a new generation that says for real, for real, and they say cap, and they see the weirdest shit on the planet, and you're going to be like, I'm gone. I'm out the lunch. I don't know. What, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know. What, so – is there now a, a, a new wave of uh, Gen uh, Z and other people that makes you go, you know what? I see a day that I might be behind the camera instead of in front of it. Uh, is, is that something that you've ever thought of? Uh, you know, I do. I think about it, but I, I, I don't think I'm there yet, man. Like I, I still am just as excited to come up with new content ideas, uh, tweak our product videos as, as boring as that sounds, but like, there's there's still a lot of challenges out there and dude to be honest with you and i'm not trying to like knock anybody out there but finding someone who is good on camera and knows about cars is a very difficult thing to do um it it's, and that has a good work ethic because typically it's like, like what cheap fast reliable pick two yep that's kind of how it is in like trying to find someone in this role it's like you're good with cars, you're good on camera, and you're reliable. Typically, something is lacking there, and we've had that in the past. And so I guess what I'm trying to say in that regard is that, like, I still want to captain the ship. Like, as far as the hosts are concerned, I want to be the dude. Um, I, the, the problem is, and I tried to say this earlier, as the older I get, the more time I want to spend with my family, the less I'm interested in, like, posting on Instagram or, like, holding up that end of the bargain where it's a valuable thing. Like I get that. Like you got to still play that game. I just hate doing it, man. And I hate right. saying that, you know, but I hate being like, Hey, front end Friday with this cool ass. Muscle. Yeah. Like F -E -F, just, hashtag. And you're, you're typing I hashtag going, fuck. I just want to hang out with my kid and my yeah, wife. Fuck I, this. Do. <laughs> I, I do, man. And I listen, I get like, both can be true. Right. Like I want to, I, I want to do that, but I, don't want to do that if that makes sense you know like so will there come a time where that will be a detriment to the company maybe uh but that's what social media teams for you know they can, yeah, they can take care of that i'll do my video stuff you know no i i don't know man we we do have someone who's been in charge of the video department for the last i would say six seven years uh angela she's she's done a great job managing she does photo and video uh and i i can't stress it enough like People think like we just go out with a GoPro and have fun and do burnouts. It, dude, this is like a nine to five. Like I'm, I have a cubicle where I literally sit. I get a, a spreadsheet of products that I'm like, all right, let me go down the fucking list and write about this ten thousandth intake and five thousand set of taillights. 
and like it's it's a grind dude it really is like I, it, it's fun yes i have a great job i, I love my job i'm not saying i don't right. but there's days where it's like it's like a job. today like like, yeah, like I, like this uh, honestly was the best part of my day. Like otherwise, I'm <laughs> I'm going back to my cubicle around the corner to write about a goddamn bumper. You know what I mean? That I have to with unpack. The support. It. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, with the support, so it shouldn't blow off on the you know, big end. Uh, but no, I mean, so like I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this. But like there the, there is very much work aspects about the job. I think people like social media. They see the cool shit and they're like, man, that's the best job in the world. You're so lucky and. Yeah, I agree with do you, it. but do it. There's, like, there, exactly. There's still like there's still the the ugly shit that you have to do at the end of the day that people don't see and and don't want to put the work in. You know what I mean? And I, I think maybe that's why I am still here after 12 years is because I can come in, put a smile on my face, talk about the 10,000th BBK intake. You know what I mean <laughs> for a V6 and and, and, and have a good time just doing it. Not have a good time, but at least. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder, like, since racing has started to change a little bit, now we got 60 to 130 guys, we got sideshow stuff. Like, has there been talks about, like, I don't know, an extra quarter panel support for the sideshow <laughs> or, like, something 60 to 130 specific? something there. <laughs> I, I mean, look, if you have, like, extra hard quarter panels or soft, whatever you want to do with the sideshow. Whatever, show. yeah, crumple yeah. zones back there. Has, has there been a, a bit of a sea change at all with the new way of uh, performance when it's 60 to 130 or, or other than that? Are you like, no, we're still going to – we're still going to – or maybe – additional adhesive in the louvers so they don't fly off during a sideshow. <laughs> Maybe like, that. Like, like anything you know like that or not really? If there is, again, I don't know. Like, but I think what I do see a change in with those videos is that what that's that's what people want to see, man. Like I think still I still think like drag strip videos are, are great for us. But like anytime we do like a short with a draggy video, like the views are like triple a normal video. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden I don't agree with it per se for many reasons, <laughs> even though I do it uh, again, it's one of those things that I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm not thrilled about maybe going a little faster than I should out on a certain road. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So like I'm, I do it. I'm not proud of it, you know? No, um, but so it, it's, it's what the people want and, and it's what you, the have, people want. Yeah. you have to cater to what the people want eventually, which is very tough. And um, if you are doing it for, let's say, a job that's one thing but i i mean someone like myself i do it because okay i'm relevant but i i'm also going to say how gay it is you know and, and i think that's where you have that luxury though right and, and that's the thing like if you were to say alex would you ever work for an american muslim be legit i'm like probably not because this is my problem like let's say you sit down and you talk to or jack roush or his son right this is what i my stupid ass like i have intrusive thoughts and I sit down and um, I was I was eating somewhere at the Roush place and Jack Roush's son showed up and the guy that invited me there. I'll never say his name because, you know, I want to protect him. Uh, I'm sitting there with him and I go, hey, let me ask you a question to to Jack Roush's son. I go, what do you do here? (laughs) 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 And I guess that's an inside joke because he doesn't really do anything there. And and, 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 I mean, what does he do? Right. So. So I didn't mean it that way. I, I was hoping that he would say something like, oh, I head up the product and development team or, you know, oh, but he was like, he gave me this mishmash of shit. And I was like, 
oh, he <laughs> got it, you know? And I was like, see, that's my problem. My problem is I'd want to ask those intrusive, <laughs> you know? And, oh, dude, but, they happen during product videos too. They just get cut, you know what I mean? Certain <laughs> products. I'm like, but I think, but I think that's where the magic is. Like this conversation is very, um, let's just say informal. And I think people get to have a personal investment in a person or a person, they, they go, I like him. Uh, you know, he's not just corporate Justin. So I think, you know, whether for better or worse, when people see the video, they'll go, you know what? He's he's a normal dude, just like anybody else. He's punching in, but he's doing a good job punching in. And I can relate to him. Like with me, people thought I was YOLO. People legitimately thought I was a guy that named dude. YOLO douchebag. And I went, <laughs> wow. So that's when I had to kind of change it. And then people like, OK, he's a normal dude that tries to teach people yeah. some Mustang stuff. So I think the informal stuff is great. But I agree. I have I have that luxury of like saying, you know, like, you know, some off the cuff shit, like, Hey, do you have groupies and stuff like that? No one's going to ask Jack, Jack Roush. Hey, did you, did you bag any chick back in the seventies when you're racing your Pinto or your Mustang too? Like, no, no one's going to yeah. ask him that. No, I, I, but you bring up a good point, man. Like I think there is definitely a lane for being polished for product videos, right? Because we are in the business of selling parts and people like, I think what we've done very well is not stand up there and say every product's the best thing since sliced bread. I think what I've tried to do with some of the newer hosts and even the department over the last few years is like toe the line, like don't totally shit on a product, but at the same time, don't say it's the best thing ever. Like give like, yeah, this product does this really well, but it doesn't do this well. So if you want that, you might want to look at this instead. So it's hard because you want to, you want to make the pro you don't want to kill a product. I think that's like rule number one for <laughs> all here, right? right? Which again, I know you have the luxury of doing if you wanted to, because it is what it is. But so see, but, it's happening right now. Like right now in my head, I'm like, if I was working for American Muscle and they hand me a JLT, I'd be like, get this fucking thing out of here. You know? But I can't do that because no. I have to be a product person. You know, you do, you do. And so there, there, you have to play the game in a certain regard. Like, but at the same time, what I will say is, and something I think I'm proud of, and I guess if I can go back and rewind the conversation, yeah, I do think like I've helped if this is even a thing, but help maybe shape how product videos, at least in the automotive field are maybe presented or shot, right? Like, cause there was a time where, again, we were the only game in town and we got to see people kind of progress over the years. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of similarities with what we do versus what they're doing now. And, and so who knows, maybe we rubbed off on people in a good way, maybe a bad way, who knows. But like, I think if anything with our product videos, we've been able to tell people like, in a hopefully a trustworthy non-bullshit way that like this product is good at this maybe not good at that here's how much it costs here's how you install it the end you know and, and if that if that's what i can hang my hat on the end of the day it's, it's not the coolest thing but you know what like it, it's something i guess right so trust me uh, I've, I've looked at american muscle videos for installs on things i didn't know about and it's helped like just the simplest things whether it be like look the first american muscle video i ever saw was i think you either installed pipe bombs or some axle backs and i looked at that video and go oh that's how it's done i had no idea and imagine if you didn't have that imagine people literally cutting or doing something you don't have yeah. to do because it's bolt on but then you find out on s550 oh yeah you might have to cut some stuff if you want to put like a long kit or, or, or whatever so i think i think it serves a multiple multiple facets in terms of purpose you you get to have an opinion on the product based on your uh let's say experience you also see an install video you also see see it see it hear it and see the before and after, and especially on sound clip stuff, I think that's super valuable because a lot of people 
usually buy something, they get it in their car and they hate it and it costs them 700 bucks and they're like, shit, now I'm stuck with this situation. So before we wrap it up, um, is there anything you want to shout out, anything you want to plug, anything coming up that you want maybe to have some attention on, maybe any products, events, anything like that that you want to be have people be on the lookout for? Uh, well, you know, first and foremost, I guess I got a couple. Today is actually the, uh, and I, I know you lost your father last year, mm-hmm. I believe, correct? Today yes. is actually... My stepdad's it would have been a 69th birthday. He's like basically the dude who's gotten me in the cars and like took me from like playing with matchboxes to actually physically showing me how to like turn a wrench and adjust valves and do shit like that. So shout out to to Snap. He's he's an he's he's a good dude. Um, my stepdad Don. Um, so outside of that, I want to thank you you uh, for you know <laughs> like seriously. I mean, like I said, I think it's important that. Uh, the the arc of kind of like our friendship if you want to call it that you know you called us out on some bullshit which was rightly so i think my opportunity to kind of like catch up with you at our show and 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 host races was awesome because i felt you know not to be weird or anything but i felt like that was it needed to happen because i know deep down like you and i probably have a lot of similarities in that regard love what lund has done you know like i said i talked legos and lawn shit with john jr forever (laughs) I uh, talked, you know, like it was awesome to have John Senior's expertise. And what people don't know is like John Senior's actually had a, a a part in AM for a very long time. Like even when we used to do these Dino War things back in the day, he'd come. He had a lot to do with some of the assisting in some of the early GT500 tuning stuff that, 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 that I know Lund helped out with a lot. So he's been an asset, like not just to me personally, but to the company. And then uh, I think the, the car show I'm talking about, we're actually doing it a little earlier next year. I don't think it's been form, formally announced, but it's uh, it's looking to be either April or May. So uh, okay. mark your calendar. So, yeah, Mustang, truck, Jeep, uh, probably classics now that we have Ecklers, too. So, um, you know, look forward to a spring date. Some, and, and that's sometime. at Maple Grove, the same place? It'll be place at Maple Grove, Grove again, yeah. yeah. Very cool. So, awesome. um, but yeah, that's it, man. Uh, shout out to my stepdad, uh, 69th birthday today. Uh, like I said, you guys at Lund for you know Mustang running good. Um, and then <laughs> I can't believe it went to two on pump gas. I'm like, shit. Maybe maybe we should cut the timing back a little bit. Please. It's those two inch headers I got on there, man. You know, still... <laughs> <laughs> two inch headers. Oh uh, my dude, goodness. I, I, the one thing I will say, you know, sometimes being in this position, it affords you some some goodies on behalf of vendors out there. So when stainless works. Sends you a two-inch header. Uh, you put them on. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? You and put the them thing on. Fucking rips. I mean, like I said, it went 10, 20. You know, I forget the mile hour, but like, so anyway. Um, but now you guys do a great job. Obviously, I love following what you do. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's entertaining. So keep it up. For someone who hates being in front of the camera and talking to people, you do a great job of it. <laughs> It's and, a curse. Uh, it's a curse we all have to live with. We're like, oh, fuck, I got to get out and talk to people to make money. Uh. <laughs> but no, it, you I, know what? It, it, it serves it. a purpose. It, like, I, like, I, like I tell people, if I can um, head off uh, any potential issues or questions that are going to be asked to London, the ticket system through my show, just like you would with your product videos, like, oh, you've answered the question. Now I just buy it. And uh, yeah. it helps everybody out in the end, in my opinion. No, but seriously, dude, I, and that no bullshit, like the amount of knowledge you've been able to give people for free, like, I mean, that's, that's huge. And that, that shit doesn't happen a lot anymore nowadays. People want to get paid for everything. Believe me. I yeah. know. Like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> if, to be able to break off like, you know, hour plus long, uh, you know, some, some talking shit, but also some information like that's, that's huge. And I, I said, I'd tune in. I, I find it very entertaining, you know, um, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's awesome. 
cool. Appreciate you. I'm going to have you hold on for a little bit and so we can wrap it up. So sure. thank you again for being on. Appreciate you very much. I was very nice of you to take some time off during the day and uh, we'll wrap it up there. But hold on. I'll just end the recording here. Cool.